Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our daily reading of scripture and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Wednesday, May 31st, 2023, the Feast of the Visitation. Our reading is from the gospel according to St. Luke. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believe that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. So this is a great feast that we celebrate today. comes at the end of the month of May, the last day of the month of Our Lady. We celebrate today the second mystery of the Rosary. It is, I don't know, what Mary does is just so basic. It's basic to the Christian life. Mary is our model. No wonder she is our mother. Mary has received grace, and so now she wants to give that grace. This is what she does. Even though she's pregnant, she goes to visit her cousin, her cousin who was also with child. It's funny. Uh, Mary makes a prophecy here. She makes many prophecies in the Magnificat. For example, from this day, all generations will call me blessed. There's a passage a little bit later on in Jesus's life where someone says, blessed is the womb that bore you. Blessed are the breasts that nursed you. It's the fulfillment of Mary's prophecy. I mean, that's the first generation, but every generation since then we know is going to say the same thing. Blessed are you among women. This, this prayer of Elizabeth becomes the prayer of all Christians. Jesus in that later passage will say, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of the God, the hear the word of God and follow it. Yet that's also what Mary does. Jesus is saying, and I think I talked about this recently, you know, it's a greater dignity than being my mother, it's to be my disciple. And that doesn't take anything away from Mary, because Mary was there with him at all the crucial moments, more than you or I, more than the other apostles, more than anybody. And she suffered with him. No one, you, can, no, you can't argue that there's any single person 
that suffered more with Jesus, his passion, that meditated better on his passion, his death, his resurrection, than his own mother. Others were there, here and there, especially St. John, Mary Magdalene. But Mary, you know, they shared the same heart. (laughs) We mean that mystically. I mean that mystically. The church has so much to say about that. But even if we're just talking about the bond between a mother and a son, that's enough right there to say that they share the same heart, her immaculate heart, his sacred heart. As we enter into June, now it's the month honoring his sacred heart. And another thing, and this is one of the main points I like to make about this reading on the Feast of the Visitation. I mean, there's so much to say. The infants in the womb interacting with each other. Fetuses in the womb. They're not infants yet. That It says the infant in my womb leapt for joy. As Mary and Elizabeth are meeting each other and sharing great joy on an external human level, worldly and spiritually, the babies are at work within the womb, both of them, the one blessing the other so that Jesus can later say, no man born of woman is greater than John the Baptist. Yes, we believe he sanctified him in the womb. John the Baptist was baptized in a sort of a way. And John the Baptist leapt. He received that grace within his mother's womb. John the Baptist even, I mean, we say at least with regard to Jesus, John the Baptist is a little bit more of a mystery, as are some of the other people in Jesus' life. We don't fully understand the graces that they received, such as St. Joseph and St. John the Baptist, exactly what was going on with them, as far as how much they knew and understood, as far as some of the things they had to go through, some of the choices they had to make. But at least we can use Jesus as our template. We say with Jesus, he's the perfect man. So therefore, he, he emptied himself of his divinity. So he had to totally go through a human life, but he did it perfectly. So with Jesus, yes, as an infant, he's the perfect infant. So there's whatever we can say. I don't know. Either a deeper um, understanding, a deeper experience. You know, Jesus and Mary, Mary because of her immaculate conception, when they learned scripture, they understood it better than anybody else ever will. And that's good because it was all about them. So yes, Jesus is active in the womb to the degree that a person can be active in the womb. And then as he's an infant and then as a toddler, etc., as a teenager, he's as active and as intelligent and as sinless as a teenager can be. But here we are with them back in the womb. I don't know. It's just so many different things to meditate on. But no, I haven't made my main point yet. And that simply is Mary leads us to Jesus. It's a simple, simple concept. Yet we see it again and again in our Catholic Church. And we love this concept. Mary leads us to Jesus. For anybody that's ever been to Medjugorje, once again, this is not an endorsement of Medjugorje. The church is in the process of investigating it. But anybody that's ever been there and experienced the program, and and countless people have had conversions, it always goes in a certain order. Mary draws our attention at first, just as with so many people that don't go to a Marian shrine. It's just that this is a popular thing happening now. Mary draws the attention. Mary draws our love, our sensitivity. Mary melts our hearts people that go to a place like Medjugorje or even Lourdes or Guadalupe or Fatima. Mary is the one drawing them there. But by the time they leave, 
they've had an experience of Eucharistic adoration. They've had an experience of Jesus. Mary leads us to Jesus, as she did in this reading. Mary conceives of Jesus, and she immediately wants to bring him. Just as, And it's a parallel reading with David in the Ark in the Old Testament. David brought the Ark to a family in, uh, in Israel. He wanted to bestow blessings upon this family. He wanted to share what he had received. He went up into the hill country. Mary goes up into the hill country. She is the new Ark of the Covenant. The Ark brought prosperity and it defeated enemies. So Mary goes to Elizabeth to speak of the defeat of their enemies. But she's speaking on a deeply spiritual level. Principalities and powers she's talking about. But Mary wants to bring this grace to this woman who is in need. Her cousin Elizabeth, who is past childbearing years and has conceived the forerunner of the Savior. So Mary brings Jesus to people. She brings people to Jesus. This is our job. It's the job of all of us. But Mary does it par excellence, which is why as Catholics, we have no problem bringing people to Mary first because Mary doesn't keep them for herself because she's not the savior and she knows this. she can't save your soul, but she can bring you better than anybody else to the one who can. And so we feel safe, confident going to Mary. So yes, talking about Medjugorje and some of these experiences, modern day stories of conversion, very often it begins with Mary, but she leads them to Jesus. People will say after they've been to Medjugorje, their favorite part of the trip was not the miracles and seeing incredible things and hearing incredible stories. It was their time in adoration in the chapel, plain and simple, or the holy hour after the evening mass, where people have their hearts touched by Jesus. And that was my own conversion experience. When I was a teenager and I went to Medjugorje, I had some incredible experiences that had to do with Mary, and they led me to Jesus. They led me to have a very deep experience of Jesus's presence in adoration, where I experienced him face to face. I experienced so much love from him after I had been drawn in by her. And then when I came home from that experience, praying the rosary was a regular thing. But honestly, the thing that melted my heart day after day and still does after all these years is adoration. It's being with Jesus. Mary brought me to Jesus. And then as a teenager, and even now, I mean, I just went to him. I talked to him about everything. I opened up my heart to him. I felt him listening to me. I felt him giving me his peace. I felt him bringing me to the Father and filling me with his Holy Spirit. Mary brought me to that. This is what she does. I mean, we can talk about this theoretically, and people like to argue about it. But it's not really a point that, that needs to be argued. It's something that needs to be experienced. There's an experience that so many of us have that, you know, we experience Mary with open arms saying, come to me, I'm your mother, come to me. And she embraces us and then says, here you go, and gives us to Jesus. That's what she does. That's her job. And she does it better than anybody ever bringing us to adoration, bringing us to Jesus, and therefore bringing us to peace. Mary is the queen of peace, promises peace to those who pray. And this is how that works. 
Jesus, who right after his resurrection breathed the Holy Spirit on his apostles and said, Peace be with you, and then spoke of the forgiveness of sins. This is what Mary does. She brings us to the Eucharist. She brings us to confession. She brings us to change our hearts. We know in our theology and and in how we do things that we're not confessing to Mary. We're not receiving the body of Mary. We're not reading the Gospels and just listening and pondering the words of Mary. Although Mary has some words in there, (laughs) the Gospels are filled with the words of Jesus. That's what makes them the Gospels. He is the Savior and he brings the word of God. Mary brings us to that word. She prays for us to be filled with that word and to be filled with the Spirit. She prays for us to fall in love with Jesus, to experience him face to face, just as it says in the book of Revelation, and that that never ends. So this is why we call Mary so many beautiful titles. I mean, essentially having to do with her being the guardian of our hearts, the guardian of our faith. If we keep going to Mary, we're going to be people who love the truth. I was talking to my mother about something today, just basically talking about things going on in society. And she said to me at one point, how do you know these things? And I said, mom, I've been talking about these things all along. You know, truth seeks out more truth. And when we pray and when we're close to the Lord and we're close to his mother, truth makes itself known to us. So people that are in the truth will tend to say, well, I don't know that I'm going to listen to what this mainstream newspaper says. I'm going to do a little research. I'm going to talk to other people that also are pro-life, for example. I'm going to talk to other people who, and, and you know, that agree on moral issues and, and following the Ten Commandments and prayer and you know, just that experience that we have with our faith that so many others don't have. And truth doesn't contradict truth. Truth, the truth of our faith will never contradict the truth of science. It's true. Some of the members of our church may have made some stupid mistakes over the centuries in censuring people that had new scientific theories and even new philosophies. Thomas Aquinas uh, bringing in Aristotle to Christian philosophy But as I had said before in a previous podcast, we knew in school what was truly inspired with God because we could pray with it. So Mary leads us to these places. Mary leads us to orthodoxy. So we just have to keep coming back to her. We have to keep placing ourselves in her hands, keep praying her rosary, keep meditating on her words in scripture and her mysteries, the mysteries of the rosary. And, uh, It safeguards. It safeguards our salvation, as she has promised in so many ways, salvation for those that are her faithful subjects, using the rosary, using the scapular, the miraculous metal, etc., meditating on her seven dollars. It guarantees salvation, but it also guarantees truth in this life. It guarantees peace in this life. It guarantees joy and the fruits and the gifts of the Spirit in this life. So let us rejoice this day of the visitation. Let us ask Mary, just as she visited her cousin Elizabeth, may she always visit us. And of course, (laughs) we're going to ask her to do it, but she does it anyway to bring Jesus with her. That's what we want. That's what we need. And this is what she does so perfectly. And I always just imagine myself in the embrace of the two of them, one on each side, just as we all 
We're born from a father and a mother. We all need a father and a mother. Um, many of us have had wonderful parents, but our parents, there's never going to be a case where our parents were perfect. And so Mary gives us that motherhood. She makes up for the motherhood that was lacking. Jesus gives us fatherhood, makes up for that fatherhood that was lacking, brings us to his father, shares his earthly father, St. Joseph, with us, just like he shares his mother, saying, behold your mother. So I just imagine myself in the embrace of the two of them. Mary taking me by the hand. You know, Pope John Paul would hold his rosaries and people would say, what are you doing? And he'd walk around the city of Rome with the rosaries and he'd say, oh, I'm just taking a walk holding my mother's hand. She embraces us and then brings us to the Savior. Just as our moms bring us to the places and the things that we need that are going to make us healthy and happy. This is what Our Lady does. So as we celebrate this Feast of the Visitation, let's always ask Mary, please bring us to Jesus. Please keep us rooted in Jesus and in our faith in him. And please never let us go. Hope everybody has a great day. God bless.